previously at the Winged Badger Tavern. Pour the oil from that cracked pot and like rub it all up and down on my arms. Okay. Um, as you rub the oil over your arms, the rest, of, I guess it's only Alan really who's there actually looking. Maybe Zoth sees this too. But as, as it comes into contact with your body, the parts of you that it touches begin to disappear. Ah. And you become less and less visible. Uh, but Jeb, as you touch, as you, as you put the oil on yourself, more and more of the world around you disappears until you are standing in a strange white mist rolling through the the cavern in its entirety um you have entered the ethereal plane yeah and the thing that is most noteworthy to you is that having entered the ethereal plane the will-o'-wisp that just jumped out of the ground a little while ago now has a body the will-o'-wisp is taking the form of a um a young adult dirt folk male with a massive like like a um slashing damage across his torso and he's looking at you with this big smile on his face he's going i i knew it'd be one of us who got him you got it you gotta figure this out pup you gotta figure this out uh jeb just like starts to cry a little bit there's more of us he just he just we lifts up the bun, the blunderbuss for a second and says, "I've been figuring it out." That looks like one of Cole's. It is. You keep on keeping on. I'm gonna see if I can dig some of the rest out. And you see that in the ethereal plane, this spirit has been digging through the rubble leading towards the other prisons and has been slowly uncovering other souls, all different races, heights, sizes, whatever. Standing, you see um, a merfolk who is the same as the body that you found in the entry tunnel, the body of East. Um, You see East's soul is here. And you also see a a shaman, basically, like a a wise man of uh, of the elven races. And he stands up and he looks at you and he says, I no longer have my papers, but they have confiscated all that it will take to destroy them in their great storage room, in their pile of discarded powers that were not for them, you will find what you need. Look to the scepter and look to the lore. For all that you need is written in the words that they have so so unwisely gathered as if by hiding knowledge they could prevent it from having power over them but they can be undone and as he finishes saying that to you you hear the roar of the aboleth and you see the aboleth in the ethereal realm looking at you and it screams in the back of your head and then it rushes towards you and the, the dirt folk who first spoke to you says, don't you worry about this one, pup. And he walks towards it. And as he does, the armies of the dead rise out of the gold with him and form a wall between the Aboleth and you, blocking its sight. It's Lord of the now Rings. get on out of here. And they just crowd around the Aboleth. And at that moment, the Quipper Swarm goes dormant. Everything else in the lake falls silent. And you are out of combat initiative. 
as you find yourselves in the middle of the lake, Owlin having just um, prevented his disease gills by drinking the potion. You are now standing, and West is is there with you, and, and everyone is everyone is Alan here. Alan no longer uh, large, is still probably. on the ethereal plane, so he's not there, but he's is there. Alan probably no um, longer large? It's probably been a minute. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's probably what, been a minute. Uh, excuse me? Uh, DM, I have a question. What yeah. about the Quipper Swarm? It goes dormant. The Quipper Swarm went dormant. Oh. Yeah, so like they just they just stopped swimming and are resting in place. As uh, yes, Jeb. As Jeb feels himself fade back out of the ethereal plane, um, he looks at the abolith that's in there. And just double birds. Oh. <laughs> Roll to straight charisma for badassery. Natural twenty. Yo. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sinir. Gontos, Kotex, Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat ebbed magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Uh, so there is still, to the east, there's an, an exit away um, that West will guide you to. She leads you over. Okay, so their facility starts through here. This access way is a sort of a sort of lock. See how? And it's this big stone tunnel that's been carved into the edge of the lake. This is clearly intentional, unlike the rest of this cavern, which is naturally occurring, and they've just kind of like retrofitted stuff onto it. This was clearly dug intentionally. Square walls, perfect 90-degree angles. And it's uh, 20 feet wide, and it stretches off into the distance. And about halfway down the tunnel, maybe 100 feet away from you, the floor becomes steel. And the walls become steel, and it's just a, a box of steel, basically. And at the end of it, there is an iron door with some glass panels inset at the top of it. Um, there's also, so they they've been doing something with machinery or or artificing, or I I don't know what they're doing, but they've been using the water from this lake to cool their equipment. I think I think that's somehow related. And so I've been able to get in at certain points, but not all of them. So. Um, if anyone wanted to, I could take them through the waterway, but I think you will have much more success at really understanding what's going on here if you go through this this main access way. West, ma'am, ma'am. So, sorry, yes? sorry, Fox. I, I just do, do you do you know of a storage area around here somewhere there where they might where they might store excess stuff or have like some pretty tight security? I, I know of one. I have seen the, the label on the door, but can't get in myself because they don't water cool that room. But it's right next to the, the room that all of the water is used in. The, I, I don't know, the steam room, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you go to the, the lower level, there's two floors. If you go to the lower level and if you take the right entrance, go to the lower level from the right side, then you can go in through that, that steam room and the next room in will be their their storage facility. It says storage on the door in big letters. Um, is this uh, area uh, guarded, uh, patrolled? What should we look out for? I I have mostly seen workers in this area. I don't know which of them would be 
security or or otherwise they seem like mostly artificers they all have and she describes kind of a sigil that they've been wearing it's the edison logo on their on their jackets they all they all have this logo on their jackets and um they they carry around all sorts of tools and and measuring instruments and things i'm not sure that they are security forces i think they are perhaps actual workers creating whatever it is that's supposed to be created Did here. Mollusk mentioned in the past that she thinks that Aboleth had been manipulating her into doing stuff for it? No. Wes. Mo- Mollusk had never mentioned yes. that? How? No, she didn't. Are you getting out of here? I hadn't totally worked that part out yet. Can Alan roll insight thinking on, like, what Mollusk has said and I don't know. Is there any way that Alan can Alan can gain some insight on like whether Mollusk is is playing them and is in on this too? Uh, Alan is confident that Mollusk is not playing you. Okay. Um, if Edison is down here, it is probably without her knowledge. Is Alan's okay. hypothesis? Hey, Westman. What if we like got a box and filled it with water and carried you out? That could work. I think it would be easier for me to try and get back into the Underdark. It's just that. You know, the entrances are all known to the Underdark from here by the Aboleth. But I think if we make a big enough distraction and keep its attention, then I can get out that way and swim through the channels, you know, through the Underdark and, and perhaps vanish into the we distance. should attempt to destroy whatever machinery it's using to steam what it's how, doing. Wait, wait. And that how would are be we going to meet up? Distraction. How, how are we going to meet up again? Love finds a way, man. Shut up, Zog. Wait, what? If you. Can also get into the Underdark. I don't have you have you traveled down there? I know it wasn't really your speed to do dangerous things before, but you know, there's never mind that. I just I don't know where it be what if just pick a meeting place. Box, do you there's know her? a pool of water due south of the city of Tumbleweb. It's in the overworld, not the Underdark. Meet me there in four days. You're not we can so do that. Be like last time, right? You mean when you left and didn't come to our meeting point? I will argue this later. <sighs> West, stay safe. <laughs> Where? I look around, look everybody in the eye. We'll get out of here. We'll make a distraction. Okay. I think us stealing their stuff will be a big enough distraction. Uh, no, I believe we should make a bigger distraction. We'll make a she bigger distraction. A s- she hands a scroll case to Shale and says, here's everything you asked for and that I had the eyes to see. And Shale just tucks it away. All right. All right. Let's figure out this door. I right, Let's go. I go straight ahead. Okay. Is the door locked? <laughs> You're at the end of this access way and there's these big iron doors in front of you 20 feet across with these glass panels at the top of them. And through the glass panels, what you see is a big old wide room. And you see several artificers in that room standing at the north end of this room is just big floor to ceiling glass windows. And they're all kind of, you know, heads lean towards each other, you know, taking notes on something. You can't hear anything, by the way. It appears like these these doors are completely sound deadening. So you don't hear anything from this room. Um, they're, they are watching something through the windows. One is idly fidgeting with, you know, a a little bit of a a lock with like an improvised pick. He's just playing with different mechanical things. They seem kind of on edge, but they're very focused on whatever's happening beyond them. And the room itself is full of chairs and tables and conference meeting spaces and things like that. It almost looks like some kind of, um, like an observation deck 
type thing. That, that's sort of what it appears to be. So that's what you see through the doors. The doors are not locked, and when you poke them just a little bit to see if they move, they slide absolutely silently on their hinges. They're, like, perfectly machined. I'm going to hold a hand up. It gives you a high five. I grab it <laughs> and hold it. I sigh. Um, I shake, shake them off, and I go forward um, silently as I can. Uh, ah, no! ah! Sorry, oh, silently as I can. Is that as silently as you <laughs> yeah. can? Um, and that was a stealth check of Debatable. 13. <laughs> Debatable. Stealth check of what? Uh, 13. 13. Okay. So now inside the room again, lots of conference tables and things. Um, you kind of move through the doors and duck behind a table. Now that you're in the back right of the room, you can also see that there's a vent uh, on the wall, um, like a, an air vent, basically, leading out behind you. Is there a lab coat hung or something similar uh, on one of these chairs? Roll investigation. <laughs> 17. Yes, there is a lab coat hung on a chair available to you. Okay, I'm going to... Uh, what are the races of the people in lab coats? All, all varied. There are several dirt folk, um, but there's also a tiefling, there's also an elf, and there's also a human. Um, I'll change to a tiefling, um, put the lab coat on. I'm assuming it's a medium-sized lab coat. Uh, yes. And I will then button it up to hide the fact I have nothing else underneath, really, that matches, and then make my way towards this door over here as silently as I can. Uh, what's everybody else doing if you're doing anything? Alan is going to stay back and watch what um, what Fox is doing. Like, just just seeing what the plan is. Yeah, Zoth is just yeah, going to observe and wait for Fox to give the signal. I have rolled my advantage. Um, I refuse to say what my first roll was. Uh, <laughs> but I will say my second roll for stealth is a 22. That's a pretty good roll. Um, so you, you are walking by everybody and they're, they're so engrossed in their notes and, and their, you know, kind of conversations with each other. You can't see what's out the windows cause you're focusing really hard on like head down, walk like you're supposed to be here. Don't look around. Don't take anything in. Cause that's what a stranger would do. You walk over to this door. Uh, this door is a, uh, like a solid Oak door. Um, it's like really nicely made. It's carved with fancy things in it. And it has a plaque inset into the door that says command center on it. Okay. Um, I'm going to then, uh, rush as if though I came from the door and bump into artificer four here and be like, help, help, help. I don't help help with what? So, what what what's going on? I can't on? remember anything. You can't remember anything. I, I What does that mean? I don't what, know what's What's your name? I don't know who I am. Deception. Maybe it's not deception because in his heart does Fox really know who he is? <laughs> uh, that's a 13 again. The second artificer runs over and goes, what, shoot, what were you working on? Do you, does he have any notes? Do you have any notes on you? Are you carrying any papers? Maybe uh, we can figure out which of the, the equipment went I wrong. I shoved my hands in my pockets. Um, is there anything in my pockets of the lab coat? 
Let's see. I'm going to roll a percentile die. Wash, you're going to roll my over under, and Jake, you're going to tell me if I need to be over or under. Right now? That's going to decide if you get a boon or a bane. Uh, yeah. He needs to be over. Okay. I rolled a 67. I rolled, and I rolled a 52, Dang so it. it's a bane. I said the wrong thing. <laughs> you no, you reach in and you pull out a uh, wooden kind of ID badge looking thing with a different face on it from your own. Oh my god, it changed who I am? <laughs> Roll deception. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good gambit. Alright, oh, that's an 18. Who, who am I? They look this at each other. This isn't my skin we've color. Never, we've never seen a malfunction go wrong like this before. Sit, let, let's see if we can find out what you were... Well, we, I, I don't even know what to do. Do we do we try and solve the problem? Do we just get him water? Do we... I mean, sometimes people just sleep it off when the equipment goes wrong. What were you working... Maybe we should ask him something that, like, he'd only be able to answer if he was working on certain pieces Kyle? of equipment. And one of them looks at you and begins saying something, something, something math. It's like, you know, what's the answer to Pythagoreans? And just, like, launches this huge equation at you. I'm gonna run and up And then puts his hands on his hips. I'm gonna bull rush past him. In my panic fury, go to Artificer One and be like, "Kyle, is that you?" Uh, Kyle, no, I'm I'm Thompson. Where's Kyle? Uh, I don't. None of us are Kyle. We're trying to take notes, dude. What's wrong with you? This like quiet conversation over here hadn't even noticed your first encounter. The other two artificers run up behind you and go, "He he's he's not well. Something's gone wrong with one of the uh, one of the assembly lines downstairs. I think he's switch over to the glass. I'm guessing this is glass, right?" Yeah. I'm just start bounding like Kyle. Looking through the glass, you can see the giant assembly line and manufacturing room. And there are conveyor belts upon conveyor belts with all manner of strange pipes and these boiled leather ropes leading up to machines and artificians and they are just absolutely churning out these humanoid they're like the auto gnome that was protecting Mollusk Manor except instead of a gnome it's like a spiked dragonborn. Like it's it's like they've just taken all the all of the different natural armors and strengths of all the different races and tried to slam them together into one being. And then there are assembly lines with different weapons coming off of them. And you you even see a couple assembly lines that are making things that you have no like you've never seen anything like it. They're these small, thin, dark uh, metal cylinders with weird wood protrusions coming off of one end of them and like a strange kind of hook coming from beneath them. Just all kinds of crazy stuff happening in this assembly line. And then you see a whole fleet of white coats who are, you know, walking around and kind of supervising what's happening and making adjustments and tweaks. As the the things are finished being built at one end, uh, like the far end of the assembly line process, one of the white coats walks up to them in turn and pulls a lever on the back and the creatures stand up, pick up one of the weapons off the assembly line and then walk out of a door to the west side of the assembly line. I'm assuming they're still like, kind of like what the F's going on, right? Yeah, the other artificers are, are very confused, but they don't seem particularly suspicious of you. I'm going to shove my way politely, but quickly, kind of like when you're in a crowd and you're just pushing on people's shoulders um, towards this door. I gotta, I gotta get to Kyle. Kyle's, uh, Kyle's arms broken. Zoth is gonna whisper to Alan. Is that her cue? I, I, can I? I was actually about to say, can I roll Kyle's arms broken as as thieves can't? 
and hope to God. I mean, Zoth seems to have already figured it out. Oh, so okay. <laughs> we'll just say that yes. you guys have the synergy. Nice. Um, <laughs> also, Matt, I want to point out, I explicitly asked you, did Fox teach him any Thieves Cant? And you, oh, yeah, you no, hard I, I know that. I know. Fox, are you pushing through the door or are you just queuing him and going to the door? I'm like pushing through the door. Okay. You push through the door into a small conference room. There's a long wooden table, a handful of chairs. Nobody is at them. Um, okay, the rest of you, what are you doing? Uh, Zothkug will sneak to the uh, first door Fox went to. Oh, interesting. Over here. Oh, the first door Fox went to. That's smarter. Zoth, roll stealth. I have disadvantage, so it was a, um, a, a six. Alan is going to... Oh, gosh. I'm going to try to follow Zoth and then see the ventilation and just kind of like try to dip off into it. You can dip into the ventilation duct. That's fine. Do I need to make stealth check? I'm sneaking. I'm sneaking. Uh, only if you're trying to be particularly stealthy. Otherwise, you'll just take 10, and that will be the DC for the others to notice you. Um, I will do the stealth, and I got a 17 plus some stuff. Okay. Yeah, you're pretty sneak. Especially when there's 18. an orc wearing armor moving in front of you. Yeah, for real. I'll hide in his um, jingle jangles. Most of them are. St most of the artificers are still looking at Fox, but the one closest to the back turns around and notices Zothkog, and he's like, he he opens his mouth to say something, but it looks like Alan has moved to interrupt I him. So think, I'm gonna. He doesn't get his word out before Alan moves. I think Alan. Okay. I think Alan is gonna. Oh, what is he gonna do? He's. I think Alan is in this weird thought process where he's like, I don't want to just straight up attack. But I also want to somehow distract a lot, but without arousing suspicion towards me or just some suspicion, but not murder. <laughs> I don't know. I think Alan is gonna keep underground. There are no witnesses. Like, attempt to trip himself and trip Artificer Five, if that makes sense. Just like fall yeah. into him. Oh, Roll performance. You here. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. convincing you can make this. Roll performance. Okay. It's the beginning of a beautiful relationship. 15? An angel fell into my arms while at work. I'll roll an insight for them. I kid you not, 8 and 12. For the two closest ones. The artificer looks at you and catches you and he goes, What What happened Alan to is you? Pretending to, Are you Alan is pretending to be unconscious. What? <laughs> He's just <laughs> pretending to... <laughs> They're very confused now. They're like, this is not, something must be going on on the, on the manufacturing level. Go and get help. And they send two of the Wait! artificers to go and get the help. One of them runs out. <laughs> what? The planes are converging. <laughs> what? Are you just trying to distract them with like techno battles? Yes. <laughs> uh, roll deception with disadvantage. These are like the best of the best. If you run through any doorway, the planes could destroy you forever. Uh, that's um eleven. <laughs> yeah, this artificer pushes past you, and another of them looks at you and goes, "What are you talking about?" And he's starting to look skeptical. Artificer five is still lowering Owl into the floor, like, "Who in the heck is this guy?" Uh, Jeb and Zoth, what are you up to? Zoth, you have made it to this door, and uh, Jeb, what? I guess are you going through the door, Zoth? Or are you just gonna push it open? Okay. Great. While the uh, madman is yelling in the corner, the, the man just fainting out of nowhere <laughs> onto somebody else. <laughs> the orc <laughs> noisily opens the observation deck door. <laughs> Squeak! As he opens the door. 
You uh, find your way into the command center. The command center is dimly lit by the glowing of various ciphers being fed by hoppers mounted to the top of them. A large table at the center of the room bears a map of all Urida with several runes overlaid on it. First, the decagon that you've already found that is centered on Tumbleweb. But on top of that is the spiral of the golden ratio with its tail spiraling away to the east. Four points are marked along that ratio. One in the corridor of acid rain. One at the old Eos Lore Foundation library, right where it fell. One in the umbral sea. And one over no wood at the very end of the tail of that golden ratio. Each of these points is marked with a lightning bolt symbol. And with the exception of the acid rain marking, all of the lightning bolts are pulsing in a gentle seafoam green. The inner part of the golden ratio seems to connect these locations to the decagon that is surrounding Tumbleweb exactly. The walls of this room are also covered in ciphers of a variety of strange pipes and boiled leather ropes and other artificers machinery that you don't really recognize. Um, there are also a number of chairs that you could use for partial cover. There's nobody in the room, and the room is only lit by the glow of those ciphers. There are no actual lights or anything like that in there. Um, Jeb, I'm assuming, are you also like following him in the vents? Um, yeah, he didn't go through the vents, did he? Not no. yet, yeah. but I mean, you can, I'm we're gonna, not in combat, so you can kind of yeah. do. I'm just going to dip into the vents um, and like try to cover some extra ground. So you can also find your way to the command center. The other end of the vents leads back to the, um, like back to the lake room. Mm. They're, I mean, they're actual air vents, so they lead back to that room to circulate fresh air from the city of Tumbleweb. Okay. Um, so the, this ventilation gets you into the command center. Meanwhile, over here, Fox is yelling stuff. One of the artificers is looking at him a little confused. Um, one of the artificers is with Alan. One of them has run off and gone through to the other side of the meeting room. All right. What are, what are we doing? Oh, oh God, it's, it's happening. Like I said, it would. Uh, I'm going to try to roll to redeceive, um, as I shape shift into, uh, a small minotaur. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, roll deception. Uh, that is a 24. I'm not rolling for these guys with these dice. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they all look... Uh, no, keep the, doing they, it. They look more concerned like for your health now than they do that you're a liar. Um, they they kind of rush over towards you and go, It's he's changing again. I wonder if we can... Someone take some notes. And Artificer 5 begins taking notes, leaving Alan unconscious on the floor, like distracted by a science puzzle to, to solve. Kyle! Like, runs over to take notes. Kyle! Alan is gonna... Okay. Uh, Alan thinks he's reading this situation correctly. Alan's gonna slowly stand up, sneak his way behind Artificer One, and take a swing, and just, just try to take him out. Okay, are you using your great axe of giant? Slaying? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and roll the hit. Uh, and then hopefully this means the rogue will get uh, sneak attack. When he's able to, to okay. Anyway, um, natural one. No way. Roll again. Confirmed. Oh no. 
So you walk up to him and you like rear back with this great axe and you swing it as hard as you can just as Artificer 1 crouches down to examine the fur on Minotaur Fox. And so your axe swings right through the space where he was going to be and just barely glances off Fox. So it doesn't deal the whole damage because it's outside of your actual range, but it's like the follow through of your swing kind of leads it over and he just takes a D6 of damage. You can do the honors of rolling it, Jake. So I'm he taking took a D6 four right? damage, sorry. He took four damage. Oh, no! Another plane has crossed over and he believes I'm a true Minotaur. These two artificers are like, we're going to need to get security and run off. So Artificer 4 and 5 run away. Artificer 1 has fallen over on the ground and is like like scampering wait, backwards wait, wait. on, on hands and knees. Does that mean I get an attack of opportunity? <laughs> sure. All of them? Because they all ran away. No, because only one of them was actually okay. here. The other two were next okay. to Fox. So. Um, all right, give me a second. Uh, hopefully, redo. <laughs> okay, uh, 19. Okay, yeah, you hit him. 15 damage. That's better. He dies. <laughs> Generic white coat. <laughs> He's a red shirt. Yep. Jim, uh, man, um, okay, you seeing all you this? You kill him. The others have all run off now. What's our new plan? Hide the body, quick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I grab his lab coat. Oh, oh. I take off mine. Oh. Put it on. Smear blood all over myself. Shapeshift into can I wear, can I, And then Alan grabs yours. Your old I lab mean, coat. If you want it. Alan grabs your old lab coat, puts the guy, drags the guy over to the vent, stuffs him in the vent. I lay on the ground. Yep. Pretend to be dead. Alan stuffs the body in the vent, and then, um, wait, and then okay, Alan's gonna pretend to be Fox's character, shifted into another plane where he looks like a barbarian guy. Okay. <laughs> What, okay. what could go wrong? What could possibly? Yeah, what could possibly go possibly wrong? Alan's gonna stand above Fox like, <laughs> why? Like, the planes aren't converging. <laughs> There's no one else in the room. You're just <laughs> raving to Fox. Alan, Alan, okay. I need you to keep this together, okay? Okay. Um, Kyle. Kyle. You obsess over him. <laughs> I don't know why. I need to find Jeb and Zoth, what are you up to? <laughs> hey, Jeb, man, do you see all this? Uh, yeah, it looks like I took the long way to get in here. What's uh? Can I uh, roll Arcana on the like the the uh, runes on around the? Can room I assist him? Doing? Sure. Because I have bonkers Arcana. <laughs> I have bonkers Arcana. I don't too. think your Arcana is as bonkers as my bonkers Arcana. Probably not. <laughs> That's okay. I rolled a fourteen. I rolled a thirteen. They seem to be runes that are are being used for command. Um, like not, not necessarily just the command spell, but I mean literally to command things. So like some of them are the command spell where you send a direction to something, but others seem to be um, scrying through the eyes of the machines that are coming off the assembly line. And others still seem to be like you can actually pilot the machines, like override where they are and make them walk in certain directions or whatever. Um, you don't know exactly how to make all of them function, but just kind of looking at them and trying to determine what they do that's kind of the sense you get. Um, you also get that some of them are um, actually receivers for alarm spells that are potentially long distances away. Um, there's a probable connection between those and the lightning bolts on the um, on the the main map in the middle of the room. And I try to disable the alarm sensors. 
well, what do they look like? Are like are these like consoles mounted to a table or to the floor, or are these? Yeah, devices they're mounted to the wall. Mounted to they're, the wall. They're consoles that are mounted to the wall, and they have you know little bulbs on them that can glow different colors, and they have kind of buttons and and things. And the 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 construction, like this whole place is metal, right? Yes, the whole place is like steel. Um, can I try to make like an Arcana check to see if I can figure out how they operate so that I could? I mean, because if it's if it's able to be turned on, maybe it can be disabled. Like, like, I'd like to approach it intellectually. Yeah, go ahead. That is a 21. You're pretty confident that some of the boiled leather ropes that are, like, wrapped around and kind of tied at the bottom of it, they seem they seem kind of instrumental into it working. Like, if you could find a way to sever one of those or maybe pull it out or, you know, something like that, then it might it might stop the function of the alarm. But it would be obvious. The other way that you find to disable it is you could try and remove the front panel and then rip out the other end like the you know the the wire continues into the panel so if you could sever it inside the panel then it might be hidden that it's not functioning do i see an obvious way of like taking it apart you could just pry it open yeah okay well i do have yeah you have an orc yeah he could pry it open i'm not that strong (laughs) i'm not that strong yeah i've got a i've got a hunting knife i'll use my hunting knife to see if i can pry it hey azoth can you can you like help me like twist on this thing yeah man i got you i guess that's like an athletic well he's not trained in athletics that's just a 12 for me it's strength right yeah uh 12 for me too okay you are together able to pry the panel off of the wall and then suddenly a wailing uh caterwauling alarm goes off throughout the the center reverberating off of all of the steel walls um fox and owlin you also hear the the same alarm kind of reverberating around and shrieking and through the windows you can see that the assembly lines while they're still moving now the machines at the end of the assembly line are taking their weapons and instead of going where the others went they're like walking towards like oh, the floor beneath dang. you you know like they go out of sight and beneath you they are beneath me well i think that was wrong so um, I'm just going to reach in there and like cut as many of the the leather rope things as I can. I'm just going to like jangle it up in there and mess up as much as I can. Um, Jeb man, can you give me some paper? Uh, Sure, here. I'm going to quickly, while Jeb's doing whatever he's doing, uh, try and copy as much of the map as I can, specifically like the symbols and uh, the golden ratio spiral. Cool. Uh, Roll... I don't know, something dex-based. Ooh, natural 20. Nice, you get a perfect copy of that map. Um, can I try to grab one of the devices and assume control of one of these automatons? Sure. Uh, that's just going to be... You just roll Arcana for that. Use Arcana, just straight Arcana. You don't need to disadvantage or anything like that. Um, that is a 23. Yeah, you're able to figure out what the buttons do reasonably well. I'm going to give it a 20% chance that it does a different command than you expect. Like the same thing, but a different command. So if you say go forward, it might go left or whatever, something like that, you know. Um, but otherwise, yes, you're in control. Is the one that I'm control of like in here in this facility? Yeah, the, it's in the facility. Um, you you can see that it is in like a it's in the storage room with a bunch of other um, automatons. Like it's, it's almost like if you've seen the Clone Wars where they're like mm-hmm. all folded up in the ship, it's like one of those. 
So I, when I look through its eyes, because I can like look through its eyes, right? Yep. Um, You're looking through its eyes. I can see the storage room. You only see rows and rows of these automatons. Okay, so I don't Several know if hundred it's of them, the maybe. storage room. Right. It could just be like a hangar bay. Okay. Um, does it appear to have one of those weapons? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to tell it to use one of those weapons on one of the automatons in front of it. Okay. Uh, it raises up one of those thin cylinder things and it racks it with something underneath and then you see an like a small explosion puff out the front of it and i mean it's a shotgun so a you know a, a literal slug smashes into the back of the automaton in front of it and it teeters back and forth and you know there's there's exposed wiring and all sorts of stuff going wrong with this automaton um, but I mean, it's deactivated at the moment, so it doesn't seem to have actually done anything or reacted at all. Does it look like any alarms in the storage facility have gone off? Um, not any more than anywhere else. Like you can't hear through its ears, so you don't mm. like, but there's no light or anything that's, there's no flashing red light or anything like that. There's just the caterwauling charm. Um, let's jump back over to Fox and Allen while Jeb explores his new toy. Uh, Fox and Allen, what are you have up there to? Been- Colin? Y- yes. I'm gonna need you to trust me. Okay. Uh, go up against the glass. <laughs> Alan goes up against the glass. Oh dear. Um, I use go get him and <laughs> entangle him with the rope. Okay. Okay. Alan, you're restrained. Uh, I, the the rope is I don't wrapped understand. around you. Just what? Okay. play along. Okay. You're confused. You don't know what's happening. Um. And as far as they know, you're safe because I have you trapped. I'm going to crawl to this wall and lean up against it um, like I'm barely alive ah. um, and holding the uh, the thing in my hand. Ah. When, you, when you get the signal, we're going to break all hell loose. As we attempted to last time, but didn't quite. I understand. Yes. <laughs> we wait and intercept those who come sounds good i have no idea that there's a door on the other side of the command center which is great but (laughs) the door slams open and three private security goons tm run into the room and at the same time as that door slams open the one on the other end of the room also opens and two more private security goons tm (laughs) rush into the observation deck they they turn and look at you as you cough while one of them rushes over to Alan who is restrained and they're they're kind of like clearing and securing the room. Is basically Alan's the, like ten, the, pretending to like like flail against the restraints and be like, "I'll kill you! I'll kill you! Like I kill like I, I'll kill you!" The one who is kind of securing you reaches down and kicks you with a a hearty combat ah. boot for. One point of damage. Keep it down. Be careful. He's he's not of his right mind. <coughs> what what happened up here? I don't know. Some madman came in here. The planes are converging. Is this what set off the alarm? I, I think so. Like why were we called here? There's a, he's screaming about planes. The converging. planes are converging. Help me find Dylan. Where's Dylan? <sighs> what does that even? Who's Dylan? I don't know. What does I that think even he's mean? From another dimension. We gotta. At the same time, two um, private security goons, TM, bust into the command center, um, having finished clearing the room 
where you you three are and Zoth and Jeb, you turn around on the wall and see them just as they see you with the panel. I guess you you finished at the panel, so you probably mm-hmm. closed it when you were done, right? Yep. So they see you piloting one of the things, little dirt folk dude, and they see Zothkug next to you. What are you doing in here? Are you, are you authorized for this? Let us see your clearance. And they immediately like kind of take ready positions and look towards you. Um, Here's my clearance. Punches him in the face. <laughs> so I'm going to cast command at second level which allows me to use it on a on a second person and i'm going to tell them to flee one of them turns and runs back into the observation deck uh, as far as he can go the other one looks at you and goes did you just try and use magic on us like real magic and he takes a step towards you who are you what i who are you I am the private security goon who responded to the alarm that was set off from this floor of the of the facility here, and I'm asking you to show me some identification. If you don't, I'm going to assume you're a threat. Uh, Zoth like looks down, pats pats himself. Uh, must be in my lab coat in the uh, observation deck. Deception with disadvantage. <laughs> it was in my other pants. I swear, <laughs> officer. <laughs> Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to cancel out the disadvantage with the advantage. 14. 14. Uh, he looks at you and he goes, no, you didn't. You don't work here. Come with me. And he steps towards you and puts an arm on your shoulder. I cast frostbite on him. He has to make a constitution saving throw. He rolled a four. How'd he do? (laughs) Not good. (laughs) And he takes, uh, six points of cold damage. He like, ah, and he pulls his hand back and he goes, your boat threats, they're in here, he calls really loudly. Uh, can I, can I get another action after that? Sure. Uh, I'm going to cast hold person on him. That's another whiz saving throw. What did he need? 16. Mm. Well, his seven wasn't better than a 16, so he's frozen in place. In the other room, through the door, Fox and Owlin, uh, you both hear one of the goons go, he's in here! And then the, the guys who are in your room... Uh, I'll run oh back God! towards the door. It's already happened. Don't go in there. The convergence. No They're converging. You. Dylan is here. Could I, uh, could we run through the door before the other guards get here? You've got time for that action before they get in the door. So you're going to go, gonna go up, up, out up. the other side of the command center? Yep. Yeah. All right. What could possibly go wrong? Are you coming with me, Jib? You find yourselves in a stairway. The next floor is beneath where you are right now. Meanwhile, on the previous floor... Can I roll to intimidate? Oh, yeah, sure. yelling technobabble at them? Sure, but roll with disadvantage because you don't know any technobabble. You grew up in a hippie commune. Yeah, I'm just yelling planes and converge. <laughs> that's what Alan's, <laughs> those that's what Alan's already saying. The converging planes are converging with convergence on the planes. You don't understand, whores! Above your comprehension... You could be flayed alive and you wouldn't even know it. I've rolled a 15 plus my deception. And I'll have you know that's a plus eight. So that sounds like a 23 to me. Okay, so two of them stop and like look back to ask you a question. The other one's like, he's just yelling nonsense. Something's affected his mind. I'm going to go check on it and runs this way to get to the door. But he's one of the ones from further away. So it'll take him a little while to get there. Um, okay, Zoth and Jeb, you going down the stairs? 
Do I see anything loose in here that I could force, like, like pry this door shut with, like, like force it shut? I don't know. Do you? Uh, tell me about the the scene you're in. Build the stairwell. Build the stairwell. Um, like I just want to find some loose pipe to kind of like jam it in the uh, jam it in like the 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 door. Well, there handles. are definitely some pipes on the walls in like a, a you know a machining facility stairwell, so you could probably rip one of those off the wall. Yeah, let me let me rip one of those off. I'll help him do that. Okay, well if Zot's helping, you don't need to roll. So you guys pull the pipe off the wall, I'll and help. you're just gonna jam the door with it. Yeah, just kind of like jam it in the in between the handles of the door. You do know this means that Fox and Alan can't follow us. Well, I think all of those security goons are a bigger problem. And we just lock them in with them. Well, we I, we can still talk to them. Alrighty. Well, let's continue this way. There's no use in waiting here for our demise. That's right. Damn. <laughs> Get a going, going through the, the, the door at the bottom of the steps. To be for fair, Alan way. is under the impression that our plan is to go the opposite way. So we would have abandoned them too. <laughs> uh, you, are, you find yourselves Shh, in the power me. center. Pipes, boiled leather cables, and rippling waves of heat cover the walls of this space. The floor, too, is covered by large, cube-shaped ciphers pulsating orange along the seams and from within, each of them with pipes and cables like tentacles stretching across the floor towards the walls and joining those covering the space. From the east wall, where you entered, a small aqueduct of iron has been constructed, and it weaves across the ceiling, depositing water on each of the large ciphers, as well as directly onto the pipes covering the walls. The resultant humidity as the water evaporates to steam permeates the air with a thick mist, making it difficult to see more than 10 feet in front of you. The floor is difficult terrain, covered in pipes and cables and slick with moisture. On the west wall, a 15-foot wide door of corrugated brass bears the stamped label Storage and Armory. Okay, so I didn't get to tell everybody, but um, when I disappeared there for a second, um, I slipped into this place called it's kind of like a place between places and you know those uh you know those little light things we saw the little will-o'-wisps right yeah man. um i actually saw their bodies there they were the fallen heroes and and one of them was this shaman looking elf guy i'm not i'm not sure um but they were all holding the the aboliths back that's how we got out and and he mentioned that um that we need to look for the scepter and the lore in their in their storage facility here. Like like the Avalis tried to lock this stuff away. Um, I don't know what the scepter is. I don't know what the what the lore is, but well, man, but we'll find. It, they're they're locking it away because it's the only thing that can stop them. All the more reason to go. Uh, meanwhile, on the observation deck, Fox and Owlin, you are now alone with. Um, the three security goons who you'd convince these guys that it was scary. So like, tell us more. What's what's happening with the planes? I, I gotta, where's, wait, where, I've got to stop it from happening. We got, there's so much power. power. You've got to stop what from happening? What's the threat right now? It's, I'm sorry, no offense, but it's beyond your understanding. If I don't shut down the power converging, it, it's it's feeding off of this plant. We're all going to be wiped from existence if we don't stop it. You will be wiped from existence if you don't stop it. Shut up, madman. <laughs> Shut up, puny <laughs> man. What you're saying. Yes, but he's not helping by scaring us all. I want, I want everything to get destroyed. He's trying to save you. This guy's creepy. Can we just put him down? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> here, let's let's. No just... wait. He's suffering from an ailment. 
And I think he knows the, the truth. The one closest to Alan whaps him with the flat of his blade. Damn it, he knows the truth. We need him. Dealing four points of damage. If he dies, we all die. <laughs> uh, roll deception again. Yes. Was that a nat 20? I can neither confirm nor deny these uh, reports of a nat 20, but... um. All I can tell you is that the effects of a nat 20 have been rolled. They immediately, like, take a step back. <laughs> what? What? How, how? How is he the key? What do we do? I, what, what do we need to do? I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm fame buying time here. Um, we need to know what to shut down. What, I, so you don't the know what to shut down? I thought you just said you understood this problem. Is to shut down the entire oh, assembly line. We will hijack your automatons and use them to destroy you. He's coming from a plane of spirits. They're planning to we invade. Plan They're going to invade and take revenge on what you've done to us using your creations. But the whole point of these creations is that they don't have souls. They can't be controlled that but way. But we can if we use the quantum, we use entanglement. The quantum entanglement. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> okay, meanwhile, downstairs, Zothkug and Jeb are in the power center. You are just trying to figure out what to do next when the door to the armory and storage center actually opens from the other side and several artificers come rushing towards you with different weapons out not like they were here to attack you but like they were headed upstairs they stop short at the sight of an orc on the other side of the door these are like shorter people gnomes and dwarves and whatever so it's pretty it's it's a big old something they like stop and look up at you and go who who are you what what are you doing here I'm uh, extra security. I came here for weapons. He's not extra security. We don't use auxiliaries. And two of the artificers leap towards you to try and, like, bind you with some kind of contraption that they're holding. Um, they're going to make grapple checks against you, which you can oppose with a dexterity or, I'm sorry, an, um, athletics or acrobatics. Your choice. Uh, acrobatics okay. is better. Nope, that's a four. Yep, so the two of them leap on Zothkug and just pin him to the ground and fashion, fasten these manacles around his wrists behind his back. The other one walks into the room. They have not seen you, Jeb, because yeah, I was gonna you're say, far enough back in the mist that they haven't noticed you. But I probably just now barely see the two jump out. Well, and you heard the commotion, so yeah. you know that something's happening. Um, I'm going to take the tiny autonome that I stole from Elaine Mollusk's estate. Does it look like it winds up or is there like something that I could activate it? It 100% it winds up. Okay, so I wind it up and I'm just going to okay. toss it out there next to him and then I'm going to cast Prestidigitation to make the sound of this creepy laughing child coming from it. You have, you have no idea how great this connection was. I completely forgot you had this item. So you wind it up by twisting its arm, like its right hand, its mm -hmm. throwing arm around, and then you toss it, and as you release the wound arm, the arm whizzes back in the other direction, and it expands to size large, and then throws its hand forwards as an attack. Wait, what? Literally, that's what this thing has always done. I forgot <laughs> you had this. That's what it did before. Like, that's... <laughs> So I got this That's big amazing. grin when you pulled it out because I forgot that you had that. So it attacks and its hand just whips forwards 
and slams into the the backmost artificer, knocks him prone, and he falls on the ground. It also has become size category large and then topples over onto the one closest to you and like pins him to the ground. So there's only one artificer left who is like awake and conscious and knows what's going on and isn't pinned. He jumps to his feet looking around, but he's more than 10 feet from you, so he can't see you through the mist. I'm going to slowly walk towards him with my blunderbuss pointed directly at his head, and I'm going to say, drop everything and run. I'm going to Is try that and, a command spell or just intimidation? I'm just going to try and intimidate him, because like all of this with stuff advantage. went down, and he's probably never seen a blunderbuss, but he's probably seen one of these shotguns, and it kind of yeah. looks similar. Yeah, intimidation with advantage. Um, that is a 15. 15, he flees. He out. As you, as you do that and he runs, you hear a voice um, in the back of your head, not the growly, horrifying Abeles voice, but instead the reassuring, somewhat frantic, but very competent voice of Elaine Mollusk. Wow, I picked a great time to check in. Uh, you must have <laughs> stolen that from my downstairs. Uh, anyway, I was looking through your eyes because that's what I've been doing for a while now, and I can't help but notice that you're standing in a room full of machinery and artifice, and I, I just think that it would be great if we somehow diverted all that flow of water. I think it'd be really fun to see what happened if these things weren't cooled down. Not that I know anything about them, but I just feel like it would be really interesting to explore the possibilities of not cooling whatever these things are generating all this heat. Do you think there's a way we could do that? There is. And I did steal your autonome and I don't regret it. And uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to we're going to see what we can do. It was just a prototype. You should see the, the manufacturing models. And then we'll jump back to Fox and Owlin. Quick. Uh, who are, I guess, just screaming frantically at <laughs> these security guys. Carry we're me finally to the, like, all right, we're, we're going to need to take this to, to higher authority you gotta, you gotta here. Go and get Mamira. And one of them runs out of the room. You got to carry me to the command center to end this. The command center? Why do we have to carry you? You're not bound. I'm, 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 do you see the state I'm in? I'm covered in blood from the dead man Whatever. I'm pretending one to of be. them picks you up like like you know light as air just picks you up and wanders you over to the observation deck what should we do with the madman i am a madman and i am restrained <laughs> <laughs> wait it's the planes the they're, planes they're <laughs> okay so they're going to leave him wait, there wait. and go with you they're converging on the rope uh, wait and i point at the other guard they're going to get him <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, what do you want me to actually do? The rope unconvert, you know, untangles them because I called out the keyword. Uh, oh, okay. It, it wraps around um, the guard patrolling Owlin. It's ta it's possessed Whoa. the rope. And what's Alan happening? Will immediately dart to the meeting room to see what's going on in, in that room. You dart into the Is meeting the room and find it empty. Me, drop me. Uh, yeah, he put you down in order to. He didn't like. I collapsed to the floor. He didn't like chuck you on the floor. He said he's you, flopping set dramatically. You I'm, I'm flopping dramatically. <laughs> oh, okay. You're flopping dramatic. Are you just falling unconscious? No, I'm gonna be like, ah, I'm almost there. I can stop all of this. He, he finally turns back to you and goes, "Go and get the madman." And then he comes back and grabs you and carries you into the command and, center. All right. Is is there a when yeah, when Alan sees Alan? that the meeting room's empty, can he dash into the next room to the left? He sure can. You're gonna run into Mavir. <laughs> Shoot! <laughs> the uh, upstairs barracks where the various people who live here make their residence. Cots lining the walls, 
different, you know, just general personal supplies, sinks and, and whatnot, and piled up at the door, stacked up a pile of artificers who are all holding different weapons or gadgets in their hands, and behind them, a sadly recognizable drow warrior woman with teal eyes and purple hair. It is Mavira. Her two swords are currently sheathed over her back, but as she sees you and locks eyes with you, she reaches up and grabs the hilt of each sword, and both hilts begin flaring with elemental energy. The one in her left hand begins shedding ice and snow, and the one in her right hand begins spitting fire. Okay, I think Alan's okay with provoking an opportunity attack to take the other door instead. To turn back. Wrong <laughs> door. <laughs> to go down or to go back go into down. the observation deck. Okay, well, this was you go road. south. Goodbye. <laughs> Slam the door shut and hold it. <laughs> yeah, you go south into the southern meeting room. It's another conference room identical to the one upstairs. Um, I'm, okay, I'm trying to think about yeah. I'm trying to think about uh, space. That was 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. So I guess Alan's only here in a turn. Um, if he if if he gets it, yeah. Well, that was the end of his dash. If he gets another turn, he would like to see if he can dash down here and through the other end of the locker room or whatever the barracks like. Try to outmaneuver him. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so while Alan is attempting to maneuver his way around them, um, we will come back over here. And let's check in with Fox in the command center. Damn it, what would the madman have done to do all you this? I swear you hear off in the distance, I am a madman! <laughs> <laughs> Um, quickly, I'm going to try to just... Does anything look remotely recognizable to a layman? I mean, you see a map of Urida with some weird sigils and runes and stuff drawn on it. And then you see um, there's some different scrying stuff. So you're looking through basically cameras. Like, you can't really tell anything about them other than you're looking at all these different scenes. Um, there are some levers and buttons and things on the wall. You have really no idea what any of them do. I, I look at the map and I huddle over the map and start pointing okay. at random symbols and stuff like yes no if if this is the effect we're having then oh god as a reminder it's a map of all urida with um the decagon that you already found around tumbleweb and on top of that the golden ratio with the tail spiraling away to the east four points are marked along the ratio uh one in the corridor of acid rain one where the old ALF library fell, one in the Umbral Sea, and one over the city of Nowood. These points are each marked with a lightning bolt symbol, and with the exception of the acid rain marking, the lightning bolts are pulsing a gentle seafoam. Is there a lightning bolt anywhere the... in this room? Nope. That's where the avatars are. I just point at a random lever and tell the closest goon, quick, pull that lever! Okay, he's gonna run over and pull it. So you just picked a lever at random? Yeah, and I'm like, you, press that button! <laughs> And I'm just going to start yelling random buttons and levers at yeah, random goons to keep them preoccupied. And I'm trying to rapid right, fire. I'm going to start rolling percentile to see if boons or banes appear for everybody else based on all these buttons you're having people hit. That's the way we're going to work this out. Fair enough. Um, okay, let's jump down to the power center. Uh, Jebediah has made the one person flee. There's an artificer trapped under a giant autonome. And then there's someone else unconscious in the armory just through the garage door. And Zothkug is laying on the ground manacled. I want to try and I'm, I'm going to like see if I can get the uh, keys to the manacles off of that uh, artificer yep, guy. One of them is wearing the keys. Yeah. I'm going to grab the keys and unlock the manacles from Zoth. And then I want to cast message and try to point it towards where maybe Owlin is. 
Okay. Um, he is within range, but Jeb wouldn't know that. But Jeb's just like, you know, pointing off in the distance and he's like... Up and away. Yeah. He's like, hey, Alwyn, um, we went through the command center and down the stairs and we found the power center where we are now. And then we found the storage area that we need to get to. Um, how you doing? How's things going on your end? Roll a D20. If you roll above a five, you're pointing in the right direction. Because Alan's... Oof. Just I rolled a three. No! Oh, okay. So then that message doesn't make it to Alan. Does mm. it? Do you get nothing back? Okay. Well, Zoth, I'm not getting any message back from them. They may have moved on or something might be uh, wrong. Yeah. All right. Let's search, quickly search this and figure out everything else. Okay. Um... I take the manacles and I clip them onto the guy on the floor. And yep. then can I be manacled. Can I like tr tell the auto gnome to be like, hey, follow me. No, it only did like the one action and now oh. it's like a statue. So, but it's still big. Yeah, it's still big. It's just like a big statue without <laughs> one arm because it flung its one arm at the other dude. I gotcha. I gotcha. Like I said, it was a prototype. Elaine's <laughs> voice says in the back of your head. No, that makes sense. I'm going to start searching for a scepter. I will assist. So you begin searching through the armory and storage center. The storage room is massive with great shelves stretching high to the ceiling and laid out with only the barest amount of walking space between. They form this maze of corridors and the empty spaces make for great potential hiding spots. Along the back wall are racks of strange equipment that you've not seen before, like the thin metal cylinders about the size and length of um, rods or bow staves, but with strange protrusions of wood from one end and odd tiny hooks extending from beneath those protrusions. All manners of tools and hardware fill boxes scattered to the floor and on the shelves. Any material you can imagine, they seem to have it here in the storage facility and the, and the armory, as well as a number of short swords, daggers, and other small arms, things like that. However, at the back of the armory, um, basically like centered into the south, at the back of the armory, you find a massive vault with a rod breaking an anvil inscribed on it. And on a pedestal in the center of that vault room, there is a scepter of frosted iron, one shin long and a few inches in diameter. The head and tail of the scepter both appear to have a slot meant to connect to something else, though you can't see anything here that they would connect to. There's also a bunch of like papers and books and things kind of crammed into a box as if they were trash at the back of the room, mostly singed and burnt and, you know, kind of rudimentarily destroyed. However, on one of them, you are able to see um, it's, you know, the edges are burned and it's worn, but there's still some readable parts. And you see um, a sermon of Dices, the Gomteun sage, and then the title underneath it, the rod of seven parts. And that this one is intact enough to read, but long enough that I'm not going to read it to you right now. Um, but okay. we will, in an epilogue, if you survive your way out of here, we'll we'll read the uh, Sermon of Dices. Could I take it with me? Yeah, sure. Oh, I will. I will store it for later. Okay. Um, the rod doesn't move when you try when you reach up to grab it. Um, which of you is going to attempt to seize the rod? No, Zoth will try first. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite color? What is your intelligence score? Uh, 15. Okay. You reach to grab the rod and it does not move. Um, as your hand touches it, it's super duper cold and it actually burns you to the touch and you take two hit points of damage from the, the amount of cold coming out of the rod. That's cold, Jib. Hmm. Um, well, you know, I, I cast icy magic sometimes. Um, yeah, maybe you can so try. I'm going to, I'm going to like 
wrap my like pull my sleeve down and wrap it around my hand a little bit and try to grab onto it. And What's your intelligence score? Sixteen. Roll an intelligence save. Ooh. DC to beat is twelve. I'm not fudging my numbers here. I rolled an eleven, and I have a plus three. Dang. Yes. Hey yo. You are able to lift the scepter of frosted iron, and as soon as you do, you feel like you became more intelligent in a in a in a rational sort of sense. Like like you feel the ability to fit puzzle pieces together sort of growing within you. And you feel like if there were some way to like channel or or kind of attune yourself to this scepter, you might be able to tap into that new power that, that you're feeling. Hmm. All right. Um, I'm going to pull my sleeve back and kind of hold it with my hand. Is there no difference? Like now that I've kind of got it? No difference. Yep. Doesn't seem very cold to me. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that, but. Def- to be fair, job, it's man. it's chilled. It's just oh. not damaging you. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's a little chilly. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It feels... I feel like I need to sit down with it and kind of study it a little bit more. But if... I mean, if... if the, Let's make it out alive yeah, first. Yeah, no, absolutely. I wasn't saying now. But, like, if the Abolists care so much about this thing to lock it away, we definitely need to keep it on the DL. Um, I'm going to put it in, like inside my 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 coat and like slip it down in my in my belt um kind of meanwhile it. upstairs as you tuck it away alan uh you are trying to flee back yep. into the barracks right trying to like yep. loop around your pursuers so he's just dashing okay. 10 uh, is where he's at right now 10 feet moment of truth Let's go. Oh my god. 15, goodness. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. Open the door. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> He's going to dash the whole into the stairs. 50, the whole 55, 60. 60 feet of dash, and he is gone. As behind you, you lose track of uh, what exactly is, is happening. Um, in fact, we've also lost track of the observation deck now that nobody's over there. So, uh, Alan is in the stairs now. Um, let's jump over to Fox in the command center. Fox, you're still yelling random orders? Uh, I'm gonna be like, we've got to divert power. Where's the power room? It's, it's downstairs. Don't you know that? Don't you work here? It's getting to my head. I gotta figure this out before it drives me crazy. I'm going to roll to see if you get any boons or banes. That's the title of this episode is boons or banes. Fox, you hear a voice in the back of your head that is not the Aboleths. Um, It's a female voice and you've never heard it before. Um, But it says... Point your face at the wall. I, I can't see. I look, look at the wall. At a wall, and I'm like, oh no, I hear the dreams come again. <laughs> just, just look at look at the wall. It's, All right, it'll it won't take long. Just look at the I wall. I start looking at different walls. Yeah, this must be what's generating all all that heat downstairs. Get downstairs so you can you can you can turn it off. I I start crawling and limping towards the stairwell. Okay. <sighs> Meanwhile, downstairs. Zoth and Jebediah, uh, you are in the armory. You have 
secured a chunk of scepter and um and and some lore what do you want to do next you're still in the the maze of shelves and storage um, all right we need to we need to find a way out right we need to get the other guys and we uh, need to should get we just out. continue continue through the hallway i mean which door or through the the storage room storage and armory to the do we line? have any okay. do we have any like way of did you didn't you get like a thing that shows us the It'll way out? It works once. Oh, we, he already oh, used it. Oh, I already used it. Yeah. Yeah, they go back the way we came, hoping that the guards left the command center, or we continue this way and hope there's a way that it leads. To I'm gonna try for Owlin again. Shall I roll for that? I'm just gonna point like in a random direction about where he might be. I rolled a fourteen. Yep, you are able to direct your message Yo, to Owlin. What did he say, Owlin? Alan, we uh, <clears throat> we went down the stairs through the power center. We're in some storage area. We we found the stuff that the abolists were hiding, and we're getting out. We need to get out. We got the stuff. We need to get out. Where are you? I am on the opposite stairs. I am currently on the stairs, heading downstairs, um, the opposite side of the facility from you. Uh, we may. Are you going back where you came? We've we've left. I'm gonna cast it again, and I'm gonna say we left a bunch of destruction behind us. Um, we need to mess up the power center before we leave, but we need to secure a route out first. Is Fox with you? Uh, no, I am actually not sure where Fox is. He is the the Dang the it. guards are currently under the impression that he's a deranged former employee. So I think he may be okay for now. Alan, you begin to hear footsteps pounding at the top, not in the stairwell, but like at the door at the top of the stairs. You can now hear running back in the barracks room. Yeah, I mean, you're just talking. Okay. Talking is a free action, so you can still be moving. I'm just okay, telling he's going to try to so turn the corner on these stairs. Um, uh, the, my way, my way is not clear to exit. Um, I'm being followed. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know where you are. Um. DM, it might yeah. it might take a little bit of time, but with um with the message spell, I kind of point the direction that I want to shoot this like the spell where they are. Right. Could I like cast it like three or four times and try to triangulate where Owlin is? Like, oh nope, he's not over here. It didn't go there. Oh, he's not that far. Oh, oh he's not up. You know, can I can I like try to pick a direction? It would but take like multiple turns, I would think. You you could, but instead of doing that, you could just hear Elaine's voice in the back of your head as she has been scrying on all of you. Um, you hear her say, I, I, what, what does Alan look like? A yeah, big guy, a jaw that can change the world, glowing <laughs> blue, like like glowing yellow hair, and uh, and m muscles that, that make me anybody weep with happiness. Is he the one who was at the wine party with you? Yes. Yeah, he threw up on the steps. I've got a sample. She just like, <laughs> uses the sample Thanks. to scry on him. Uh, yeah, okay, he's in Alan is also hoping to continue to dash, it, like, to, through, the, through this yeah. door. Oh, shoot. He's in a stairwell that looks to be on the opposite side of the facility <laughs> from you. So if it's a mirror from you, you should be able to just keep going straight, and eventually you'll meet up with him, right? Oh, uh, actually, never mind. He's surrounded by bad guys. You probably don't want to go that way. Uh, Fox will be down shortly, by the way. I'm, I'm sending him. <laughs> okay, Zoth. I just talked to Alan. Um, he's on the other side of that door. And there's a bunch of bad stuff, according to Elaine, who's been talking in my head. Creepy, but useful. Um, 
She said that Fox is also on his way down, although it's a little weird where he's at. Um, and I think the big thing right now is we need to figure out how to 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 blow up that power center, like how to stop the water um, so that that power stuff overheats. Do you have anything we could do? It's going through like a metal channel. Uh, I've got some ice like I could like I could ice up the water and could I roll Arcana for the runes to figure out what they do? The runes in the power center. Sure. You can... That are being cool. Yeah, roll Arcana. Oh, uh, dumb dice. I got a seven. Uh, yeah, you are not able to figure out what they do. Um, while you're thinking about your next move, Alan, you dash into the research and development center, a bunch of artificers at a long table working with different blueprints and, and tools and machines. But there are four private security goons, TM, securing the room who are just standing at attention. And as soon as you burst into the room, each of them snaps into a ready stance and holds up a crossbow. And they all just say, halt where you are. Uh, Alan is going to do the black ops zombie strategy, which is run through all of them and hope to not die and then create a herd behind him. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Jeb approves yeah. of this plan. Yeah, the white coats aren't armed, um, but you are um, provoking the like the triggered attacks of the people as you move through their sight lines. So two of them got sight lines oh, on no. you as you moved there. So they're going to each fire oh, their crossbows no. at you. Uh, okay, one of them rolls a ten and misses. One of them rolls an eighteen on the die. Um, so the that crossbow bolt hits you and it deals seven points of damage as a crossbow bolt thuds into your shoulder. That's a lot for a crossbow. I it feel is. Like. Dang. Um, okay. okay. And that's the damage you take. We'll cut back over here to uh, Fox, who is in the command center, and Elaine has left your head. <laughs> um, I can't get this door open. God. Somebody help! One of the security goons opens the door for you. Is it? It's blocked. Bard. Oh, that's right. It's like Bard. I forgot about that. Yeah. He tries to open the door for you and it won't open. He's like, what? What is happening to this door? There's not a lock on these doors. We don't have he a lot of time! Pulling and yanking. Finally, he just steps back and he tries to slam the door down. And he bounces off it and nothing <laughs> happens. He rolled a two. He just like slams his shoulder into the door and bounces you off and, and, and doesn't accomplish anything. Get over here and help, but we got it. We don't got enough time for this. Okay, working together, the three of them are able to bust the door down. So bam, bam, two of them go through the door and one of them goes, I'm going to go and check on the others and runs back out of the command center. One of you two, help. I can't come down the stairs like this. I'm going to keep falsifying <laughs> that limp. Okay, one of them will carry you. <laughs> um, he brings you downstairs and into the next room where um, one an artificer is pinned under a giant... Oh, he can't see that far yet. Um, in the mist, all you see is an orc leaning over, like, eyes inches away from one of the orange cubes, trying really hard to read and decipher what the runes on it say. <coughs> Who's this? And he puts you down so that he can, you know, attacks off. Wait, he's from... He's from the other plane to counter the madman. Roll deception again. You us. rode your nat 20 long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand my plus eight modifier, Josh. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to ready an action when I hear this if I see somebody if I see like a goon coming. That's a, a sure. twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I have rolled almost every D twenty I own to help these people <laughs> see through your BS. <laughs> this time they rolled a one and an eight. Yeah. Nice. Isn't it frustrating? I, I only have 
two d20 left to roll no that's not true <laughs> i've got three d20 left here um so maybe one of them is my steel dice though so maybe those ones will screw you over um okay so you you continue convincing them that this orc is important <laughs> okay what do we need to do we're at the power we're at convergence um i am start i start just man rumbling and looking at things pointedly hoping the voice in my head comes back <laughs> the voice in your head doesn't come back you can hear Elaine in the back of your head, Jeb, go, this is kind of funny. I think he's waiting for me to give him tips. Green one. <laughs> Do you know how to stop the madman? Who are you pointing the, the, to? The green one in this room. <laughs> the green Zoth one? Gray. Oh, that's right. I'm not green. Sorry, I saw the gray out. I'm colorblind. I haven't been green since like session two. <laughs> I saw the green and I thought you got... You saw the background color and thought, surely there. that is his skin. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm losing it. It's a madness in my head. That's the plane's <laughs> converging. The gray one. Gray one. <laughs> which also starts with a G, which yes. explains why I obviously thought green. <laughs> um, do you know how to yes. stop the madman? Or uh, we, we got to uh, divert the water. <clears throat> Above you, you hear a small cough in the aqueduct. Jeb, you look up, and West is poking her head over the edge. She goes, can I borrow that? She points at the shotgun. Who has a shotgun? The pinned guy on the ground does. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeb grabs it and tosses it up to her. She catches it and goes, thank you. And then she, her head disappears back into the aqueduct. Uh, carry on, Fox. <laughs> Great one. All right, let's let's diverge the water. I start. Uh, <laughs> we can't. Uh, th this stuff will overheat. The whole you're you're gonna stall the assembly line. What do you know, goon? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, if we double hey, diverge and do the loop, that is the backup number five. We'll be in the clear. Hey, man. What would you rather? This entire plane be destroyed or an assembly line stop while we besides, handle some things? Like I said, we have a backup for this situation where we need to diverge water through another flow. It's perfectly safe, 100%. The guard's head explodes as directly above him from point blank west just leans over the aqueduct and fires a shotgun straight down into him. Holy cow. He collapses to the ground and behind him, the other security goon looks at you and goes, what just happened? What was that? The plane's conversion is mine. Run before it gets to you. Okay, okay. Let's divert the water. What do we do with the water? <laughs> Meanwhile, over here in the research and development center, Alan, are you continuing your sprint? You could go. Alan is researching and developing a way to leave. Um, uh, I think he's gonna. Uh, has he has he seen the robots being assembled and uh, and all that stuff? Yeah. Okay. You were pushed up against yeah, the glass. That's true. Um, the thing is. Is that a door above him? It is, but he's 
concerned about running into the robot factory and then having robots chase after him too. Also, can he see a way out from the robot factory? The door is not like there's no window in this door. So yeah, okay, it's like a did, garage did he, door. Did he like see? Did he metal. see any? Did you see besides the ones that the robots were exiting out of? Did he see any exits in the from above? Oh yeah, the robots were leaving to the left, so that's one exit. And then there was a big corrugated metal like garage door type thing um, at like the far corner of it on the west side. I think he's gonna try. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, and uh, uh, he'll take all those archery attacks and any hand-to-hand attacks he accrues. Yep. There's only two of them because the other two have to reload. And lucky you, they rolled a 2 and an 8. So they're not hitting you. So Alan's in the treasure room now, the treasure room and armory. The storage room Whatever. and armory. This is not like hordes of loot. This is like, you know, Same nuts thing. and screws and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're in the you're in the maze of shelves and whatnot now. Um, meanwhile, back in the power center. Um, what's uh the controlling the flow of water right now it's just it's gravity fed like it's going through the aqueduct Uh, on the ceiling and then falling down towards the ground like there's holes in the bottom of the aqueduct that water drains out of and so when it hits here like it's just pooling up in in this room and then cooling these cube rune things it's evaporating almost immediately but yes it is hitting right onto the cube things and and cooling them as well as being turned back into steam are the cube things movable uh, it, maybe if you could touch them, they might be. But like, they're super duper hot. Can I pull out a nuclear fuel uh. rod by hand? <laughs> can I can I cast frostbite on one of the spots where the water is dripping through to kind of block the flow? Uh, Zoth has a mace. Could he use that to try and push one? Uh, he can try. Uh, so Jeb, you cast frostbite, and at first it looks like it works, but in a matter of seconds, the residual heat in the room has melted back through the ice that you made. Zoth, you push something with your mace, one of the cubes, and uh, the cube seems to like almost react to the the mace, and the mace disintegrates in your hand. Don't touch these cubes. <laughs> of course, Grey One. Don't you understand what room we're in? Jeez. Uh, As you take the time to kind of assess what's going on with all the cubes, you realize that of the four largest power cubes, three are glowing, and one of them is laying dormant. Quick, pull the uh, pull the auxiliary valve. I point to the goon. What's an auxiliary valve? Wh- which one is the thing? Damn it! It was upstairs. Didn't you see it? Uh, is it labeled? Yes. Okay, and he rushes upstairs. All right, Soth, we gotta figure this shit out. <laughs> I don't know how long I can keep this uh, up. I am Zoth gonna roll go to for what dormant. random lever he pulls, just so you know. <laughs> hey, Zoth, you could uh, you could block that door shut with your mace. Your mace is gone. Yeah, it's gone. Oh, oh, whoops. Sorry. I have. Uh, I don't have anything more to block. We could pull off another pipe. So, so if we like, if we break this aqueduct thing, the water's just gonna pour down in here and cool the stuff off anyway. We have to. We have to stop the flow. We have to like, like Zoth, can you like lift me up there? Can I get up inside there? West, are you still? Up do you there? have a way? Just be- West pokes her head back over the aqueduct. Hey Fox, do you have a way to? Um, to make things go boom. Jeb, do we have a way to th- make things go boom? I mean, I could in an hour. 
Uh, we don't oh, have well, an hour. I could. Uh, I don't think you have an hour. Um, then no. I, I could zap some things, but not boom some things. I was just thinking if you could just cave in the the hole here in the wall, then the water wouldn't come in through the hole in the wall. I could try something. Okay. If you want to stand clear. Um. Yeah. I'll. Yeah, I'll do that. And she gets away from the wall and further into the aqueduct. <gasps> I'm going to use my last second level slot and cast Guiding Bolt at second level at the spot. That just crushes it and it falls and the water flow stops. Hey, that worked out pretty good. I think you should probably go now, Elaine's voice says in the back of your head. I'm going to run up the stairs. Let's go. No, no, we're going this way. We're going this way. All right, I yell through the door. You pulled the right lever. Go get Minera. Min- <laughs> Just forget the dude. What? Like, what are you doing? Make sure he doesn't follow. What about us. Alan, guys? Fuck. Uh, Alan, this way, and Jeb, sir, Jeb runs towards the storage. We gotta go find Alan. <laughs> yeah, you run into the storage facility just as um, Alan is also in the storage facility, kind of like. A- head ducked, just plowing through shelves, knocking over organizational things, running into the room. Um, can I lift the shotgun off of this artificer? Yeah, sure. Nice. Uh, does Alan um, see everybody? I walk up the- to... Uh, yeah, everyone sees everybody? Yeah. Um, they're only, just so you know, they're only double-barreled, so there's only one shell left in it. Don't That's go fine. back there! Lots of bad guys! Yeah, we need to go out this way, and Jeb points to the north. All right. I hope to God you're right, Jeb. Like, right? Right? I mean, Alrighty. if we go back, we're going back to where the Aboliths uh, were, true. right? Uh, is that how, is that how we need to get out? Let's go. Do we need to go Let's all go. the way back that way, or are we finding Let's a back go. door? I'm Let's already, go. I'm already yeah, Jeb's right. <laughs> you bust out into the assembly line and manufacturing floor, and everything's a little crazy. You see legions of these robot automaton things. They've formed ranks and are the front ranks are taking a knee and holding spear points out in front of them. And then behind them, there are another line of the automatons and they're holding up sort of a variation on the shotgun that you found. It's longer and it, it's got like a weird kind of um, like a bolt sticking out the back of it. And um, there, each of them is aiming down the lines of those, but nobody fires or anything like that at the moment. The room is actually kind of quiet. The assembly part of the process is still running, but you're surprised to see how quiet those machines are. Um, and then you see a couple things happening at once that tip the chaos into action, right? The room is full of potential energy that becomes kinetic energy in a combination of boons and bains. The first thing that you notice happening is you hear reverberating through the chamber. So from the left side on the west wall, there's the exit towards where the automatons are stored. And then on the far end of this facility on the west wall, there is an exit into a loading dock, which you can now see. So that loading dock presumably would be your way out to safety. You hear reverberating around all of that space, a loud Oh my God. No. You also, you also see 
from the the window above you, you see Mavira leap through the glass, holding a burning sword and a frost blade sword, as she slices through the windows of the observation deck and lands in front of the four of you, but still behind the legions of soldiers. Jeb is like, like doing the little math lady symbols in in front of her head, <laughs> and he has. He, like he's he's like okay plan time and he's got something that he wants to do so she lands behind the assembly of of automatons and she holds her blades in an x in front of her and behind her the private security goons who were out like protecting this floor kind of form up into a wing of specialists and then behind them you hear a chilling voice as the aboleth projects its image into the room you think you've changed anything? Do you think that your efforts here have borne fruit? Do you not know that I am the god from before there were gods? Do you not know the pathetic waste of space that you are? Do you not realize that you've done me a great favor? They've displaced the scepter. Seize it. And then all of the automatons begin firing. What's Jeb's thing that he's about to do? Uh, well, that changes some <laughs> stuff. But he was gonna—he's gonna—he's gonna slowly like hand out the potion of superior healing to uh, to Alan. <laughs> okay. And then okay. he was going to try and throw the iron bands of Bolero at Mavira. We're about to get firing squad executed. We got a boon, though. Maybe they all misfire. Well, <laughs> I don't think your boon is going to be that good. However, <laughs> you do get a boon, and it is it's something. Um, from the power room where you diverted the flow of water, you hear a commotion begin to build. The kind of rattling of things, shaking screws loose and and breaking apart, and me rolling some dice on my floor because I made dropped the them. screws loose thing you hear sound all really of good these though. Rattlings and, and yeah, it was super in character for the screws. Um, and the the room begins kind of heating and vibrating, and a lot of the automatons look over there, thinking there's a threat in that room, and they do because there is. As the room explodes. You see that West, who had trapped herself in the room when the aqueduct was closed, has collapsed the aqueduct itself onto the power center, setting all of the unstable machinery to explode, combusting outwards, shredding through the entire eastern wing of the legions with shrapnel. West herself is thrown into the room by the explosion, still screaming bloody fury, shredding you know like shredding herself Ooh. with the with the shrapnel as her blades begin to arc sideways in that same corkscrew motion that she used in the water to just tear into the rest of this eastern line of machinery she can't walk or swim or move on this floor and yet she has somehow managed to slice the weapons off of several of the automatons and is now raising them and firing into the line from the other side covered in blood and scars and and shredded and her armor the like brass netting armor is beginning to tear off of her as she just leans into this fight and begins really tearing into the side of the line this throws them into absolute disarray 
this assembly line of robots has just totally lost its sense of what's going on. And at that very moment, a, a raiding party of four beings just rushes into the room, led in one of the cypher trucks, zooms Yo. into the room, and at their head, you can see Mr. Prophecy. Yo! Oh, yeah. Mr. Prophecy! Behind Mr. Prophecy, behind Franklin Webb, are Elaine Mollusk, Elliot Orchid, and behind him, screaming bloody fury, is Annabelle holding a way oversized flamethrower <laughs> that is just <laughs> ratcheting fire in front of her. In this disarray, the image of the Aboleth is damaged enough to vanish, and Mavira herself leaps forward, cutting the heads off of several of the automatons between her and you to leap into combat. She rushes Owlin immediately. Okay. Uh, you have 60 seconds to talk tactics. I'm going for Fight back. <laughs> I'm going for West. I was going to cast a spell on Mavira. I will be attacking Mavira as well. I'm not losing Willow again. All right. Mavira, who has kind of taken the advantage of this attack, is going to go first, and then your your moves will happen, and we'll just do the normal kind of team-style things. Um, Mavira rolled with her first sword, a 14 to hit you, Alan. Does that it hits, hit? yep. Uh, two points of cold damage oh, and three points of slashing damage. And then the next sword, the the fire sword, slashes into you with a... That's a 13. Does a 13 hit you? Yeah, barely. Okay. So with a 13, she also hits you with the flame sword, and it deals five points of fire damage, and uh, that's three points of um, slashing damage. Sorry, my, my die landed on the same thing because it wasn't high enough, so I was like, that's not a real roll. So I rolled again. Um, and now it is your team's turn. I'm going to cast my last spell slot of second level and hold person nice. on her. Okay. Um, uh, with saving throw. So what's the DC? 16. Okay. So she um, seems to freeze up with her both blades are now kind of slick with Alan's blood and she kind of freezes in place in front of you, Alan. So Alan gets advantage, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. She is paralyzed. Uh, thank goodness for the advantage. And then Zoth is is gonna um, move towards uh, Fox and West. And okay. Ready. Nat twenty. Hey oh, Nat twenty to see hit. if it's confirmed. Not confirmed. Okay, oh. so uh, you just hit her real hard. Okay. Um. <laughs> Are you hitting her with the the axe of giant slaying yes, though? Yes, fifteen damage. Okay, because remember that does an extra two d six when you get a nineteen or a twenty with it. Yo, yep. I didn't know that. Okay, yep. so fifteen yeah. plus five is eight. Okay, no, so sorry, you, <laughs> she's lined up and you like plus five is twenty, time. not eight. Sorry, fifteen <laughs> plus five is definitely twenty. I don't know where eight came from. So. You take your time to like line up the swing like a like a baseball player playing t ball. You like she's frozen in place. You like line up the perfect swing and you just shoosh, slam into Mavira and a, the the shoulder piece on her left side shatters under the impact of the great axe of giant slaying as you slam it into her and her drow form is tossed aside um go ahead whoever else hasn't um, gone I'm yet gonna, i think jeb needs to go and fox needs to go i'm just running for west so jeb can go if he wants to go first okay um so i get to roll this with the attack with advantage because she's uh like 
immobilized by the whole person, but I rolled a 17 to throw the iron bands of Bolero on her. Okay. Uh, this is a 17. Uh, yeah, this is an attack to hit. So it has to just hit her yeah. armor class. It hits. The paralyzed fallen woman, <laughs> you were able to hit her. Like She doesn't have a whole lot of dexterity to work with when she's frozen in place. Um, so the as you throw the three-inch iron sphere, it just whoosh, kind of expands into this massive um, rusty iron kind of restraint, wraps around her, and then cinches tight against her body, pinning her arms and her greatswords in place. Um, Alan. Let's bring her with us. Oh, the mad lad. Uh, Alan is ready for the next turn to pick her up and and attempt to get her on the cyber cipher truck. Okay, cyber with it truck. being the end of the round and um, oh, uh, her being knocked aside. Oh yeah, go ahead. How Fox. far? Do, okay, how far is West? West is a dash action away. I dash. You you make it to her, um, but you are significantly further from the group now. Something like this. Use right. your rope. Um, and. Now that's where you are. She's still like, she hasn't looked at you or acknowledged you at all. She's still firing automatic weapons or um, not automatic weapons, hunting rifles into the like line of, of enemies here. I'll assist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so you just also pick up some severed weapons and begin firing them into the, the line of robots. Uh, roll, roll a D10 to figure out how many of them you get through. A D10 of all things. Whoa. That's an eight. She rolled a six. So between the two of you, 14 more robots fall down to the ground. Um, and the rest of the robots, now not having to worry about Mavira being in the way, are going to roll to try and hit Owlin and Jeb. Uh, Owlin, they missed. That makes sense in the tumult. Um, okay, Jeb, they missed with a nat one. Some of no. them shoot each other. And he's short. Yeah, he's short. I mean, it's tough, you know, yeah. being... It's tough to but be a robot. It's hard out there for a robot. Does one of the bullets go through his hat? Ooh. I'm going to roll percentile. Um, Jeb, do we need more or... Higher or lower than 50? He's, he's short, so you want to aim low. Okay, so if they get lower than 50, they hit your hat? Yep. Okay. 32. Ooh. Dang. That's good. So there's a bullet hole through Not his hat. No, but it's neat looking. It's epic. It's epic. <laughs> the girls will love it. Okay, so everyone has finished their turns. Uh, it's the end of a turn, so is going to try and break out of her paralysis. Ah, dude. Yeah. She breaks the spell. Ah. Uh, no. But does she break out of the, the binds? She shouldn't have she an action begins that's true. Flexing and stretching like she's trying to get out, but the restraints hold her for now. Um, and that brings us to 60 seconds for you to talk tactics. And while you talk about your tactics, I'm just going to say welcome, Sir T-Sef Stream. We're so glad you're here. Okay, go ahead and talk about your tactics. I was going to uh, heal, maybe, heal a West and see if we can get her to some water as quickly as possible. I'm, I'm straight oh, up just dragging her to the cyber truck. I know what it. I know what it actually yep. is, but after hearing Jake almost call it Cybertruck, that's all stuck in my head now. <laughs> Cipher. Adventurers, <laughs> we are leaving. Uh, we are yeah. leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Alan's gonna pick up. Try to pick up. Uh, what's her face, Mavira, and take her to the Cipher truck. No, call her. What's her face? That'll be more demeaning. <laughs> okay. What's her face? <laughs> 
Well, it's the top of the round, and that means we get an update on the process of the progress of the cipher trucks. So there's the cipher truck that Jeb summoned from Elaine Mollusk's estate. That cipher truck is empty, and it goes careening through the line of robots <laughs> to pull up to a clean stop right in front of Jebediah Peppermint and Alan Wadrier. Let's go. And consequently, like unintentionally blocking them from the line of fire for the moment. Good stuff. Um, Mavira is going to get one more attempt to get out of her bonds. Mavira does not get, like, unless there's some special DM stuff, but this item says that if you fail the attempt, you cannot make another attempt for 24 hours. It is. It's oh, not a. Right. She can't make an attempt for twenty four hours. Yeah, she's stuck. It's not okay. an end of the end of the turn or end of the round thing. Got it. Let's yeah. Well, go. then she's stuck. She's stuck. Um, yeah. So Alan's gonna Alan's gonna pick Mavira. up Mavira, throw her in the back of the cipher truck that just pulled up, and uh, probably hop in the driver's seat. The other cipher truck, being driven by um, Franklin Webb, Mister Prophecy roars towards um, Fox and Zothkug, but they are further away and it's not going to make it to them this turn. So you have another turn basically under fire before the truck will rescue you. And so now at the top of the turn, the enemies are going to take their actions and try and shoot you. And they are well aware of your position and what you're doing. Um, and Fox... They attacked you with a 14 and a 17. Do either of those hit you? So, in a perfect world, <laughs> they don't. Tell me your AC. My AC is 13. <laughs> <laughs> your AC is what? 13. Take 18 points of damage. Oh, whoa. As oh. they, uh, just the legions <clears throat> of robots are firing their rifles I, I at you. I think you mispronounced zero. Um, horrifically no, wrong. I didn't. <laughs> um, there's also the uh, rest of Mavira's kind of security wing. They are rushing towards the cipher truck to try and impede its. Ellie just casted cure wounds on you, Fox. Hey, Yay. chat's curing Fox's wounds. The others, like I said, are moving to try and intercept the cipher truck that um, Owlin is now driving. That they're on a course to intercept you next round. The robots. Mavira's people, oh, gotcha. the wing of private security goons. Gotcha. The robots are all after um, Fox and Zoth and West right now. Got it. Jeb's on the truck, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Alan's just gonna try to like careen through people and get out, like Master Chief and the Warthog. Exactly. That's what I was imagining when the other group came in with guns ablazing. That was <laughs> sick. Roll a d20. Okay. This is to determine how many robots you break on the way out. Like it, it's gonna work. It's a truck. <laughs> Only five, sadly. Zoth just groups up with uh, Fox and West. Fox and Zoth, how are you going to get West to the truck for extraction? Zoth, I need you to carry West. I'll cover you. And I, I just, I'm going to start dual wielding whatever's left on the ground. You find some pistols, so you can, you can James Bond your way out. So I'm using my channel divinity, which is something I also haven't mm. done yet. As an action... It's called Balm of Peace. As an action, you can move up to your speed without provoking opportunity attacks, and when you move within five feet of any other creature during this action, you can restore 2d6 plus five hit points to that creature. The creature can receive this healing only once whenever you take this action. The spell works, but there is no divinity in it. Like, you can feel like there's no connection to Kelnor like there normally is. Roll for Fox. I'm rolling for West. Okay. 
Don't don't kill me now. You gonna die. Fox gets nine health back. I get what? Nine health back. I'm right, I'm right back where I was. Let's go. <laughs> That's good. I went from eighteen to zero to eighteen. <laughs> I have five more feet of movement, so I'm just moving a little bit closer to the uh, cipher track. Do I have to roll to James Bond, or is that next turn? Uh, you can roll a roll a d10 to figure out how many robots you James Bond. I James Bond. Let's nine, go. Like a boss. Nine bots get botted as um, Franklin Webb pulls up the Four Guys Ventures and Vibes branded cipher truck. Uh, he isn't quite as slick as the automatic one was when it parked. Like that one kind of did like the, the kind of half drift park where it like swings into position. Um, instead he just pulls up in front of you, runs over a robot and then does like a 12 point turn trying to reverse it around <laughs> for you guys to get in. Um, but he's still like in between you and the other robots cause it's linear. Like they're all lined up next to you cause you were in the flank of the, the formation. So he's still blocking the shots as he, <laughs> kind of gets into position and then finally the back opens up and there's space for you to get in as um as you get towards the the back of the truck and you're like you know lifting up west to get her in just as you set west down in the back of the truck you hear a gigantic boom, and you turn to the side and you see that a massive firearm of some kind has been pointed right at you and would have killed you probably if it had not been knocked off course by a serval that had leapt up and scratched the firer so that they shot up into the ceiling with, it's an RPG, so they hit the ceiling (laughs) in this big, (laughs) and like debris raining down. The serval, as it like scratches up the side of this person, wild shapes back into shale who spins around it, puts a knee in the back of the person who's firing and slams them into the ground with a crunch and they don't move the anymore. Person? And then he wild shapes back into a serval and bounds towards the door, kind of using your car as cover. And on that note, you all make your way out of the facility safely into the tunnels beneath Tumbleweb leading out Elaine Mollusk in your ear, guiding you to a safe point outside the city where you can kind of find rest. There's there's a safe zone here. Remember, Edison owns all of the experimental um, kind of testing grounds in the Underdark. And so she just guides you into one of those and puts you somewhere safe um, for you to rest, recuperate. She gets water to West so that she can breathe. And I'm going to leave us on one note, the lore that we've learned and the path we need to follow before we conclude our D&D session. Because as you are resting and recuperating, and yes, leveling up, um, <laughs> but as as that's happening, you also have a chance for Jeb to show you the scepter that he found of Frosted Steel and the Sermon of Dices, the Gomteun Sage, the Rod of Seven Parts. Shall I read, or Jeb, do you want to explain to them what's going on does this mean that i i like had uh some time to to like attune to it and discover its properties and stuff no it's still the same day you're just kind of in a safe zone resting and it's you know it's later okay um i don't know if this item operates differently but typically when you have a magic item that you can attune to if you spend an hour with it you understand its properties 
This one requires you to complete three challenges. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I show the guys the, like, I, there were some people not there when, when Jeb had like jumped into the ethereal plane. So he's going right. to reiterate, you know, everything that he saw and, and the prophecy that the, uh, the elvish guy told him and how he and Zoth were able to, uh, to get the stuff out of, out of the storage and that the abolists were hiding this and, uh, you know, that, I don't know, maybe they were just trying to, maybe they're just, just trying to scare me or scare us saying that, you know, you think you did anything, whatever. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Well, we sure showed them and we have this to show for it. And he holds the rod up and, uh, and we have the, the, the lore, the information that, uh, that Shale was talking about. Um, Zoth's got that in the box, your box of lore. I uh, pull out the box. You pull out the Rod of Seven Parts. A sermon of Dices the Gomtean Sage. Seventy-two eons have there been, and we now reside in the seventy-third. But common to all have been the divine, the arcane, and the ancients. The most fearsome of these, the ancients, do worse than demand obeisance, as the most detestable of the divine might. Nor do they bother binding things together as the arcane winds do. The ancients expect to rule. They do not hesitate to use their powers as they see fit because they believe rulership is their due. It was the ancients who, furious at the minds and hearts of mortals who preferred allying themselves with gods, magic, or nothing, destroyed the material existence within which they dwelled, and so concluded the first eon. The gods worked together to form a new existence, used their power to banish the ancients to the elemental chaos and the astral seas beyond, but eventually, the ancients always returned. Gods rose and fell, but the ancients, who do not die as others do, persisted with memories inscribed as if by fire with all that has befallen them from time immemorial. At the beginning of this 73rd eon, Gomteus and Zinir, gods of chaos and order, came together to form a new reality with a plan to once and for all bar the ancients from entry. Together, these two entities formed the remnant dust of the 72nd Eon into the tool with which they would craft a new, safe home for all things. They created a staff of immeasurable power. Piece by piece, they took the essence of what had been and crafted with it a section of the scepter that set the 73rd Eon in motion. Seven pieces there were, formed from the seven essential threads of being. The first three of these were shaped by Zanir, god of order and of the stars. The first segment represented all that was benevolent and honorable of the kings of 72 past eons. Zanir formed it into a scepter of brightest gold, never to fade or smudge that its bearer may nobly defend those of lesser stature by harnessing its power, if the bearer be strong enough to carry such responsibility. The next segment represented all the logistical cunning and judicial acuity of the kings of 72 past eons. Zanir formed it into a scepter of frosted iron that could enlighten its bearer with the wisdom of the ancients, if the bearer possessed the capacity to understand all that was held within. The third segment represented all accumulated wealth and power of the kings of 72 past eons. Zanir shaped this scepter of blackest obsidian with a rearing dragon at its head, serving as a warning to those who would risk binding it to their hearts. This too could be tamed, if the bearer of the scepter be wise enough to tame the self-servience of all those rulers who came before. The next three segments of the staff were shaped by Gomtos, 
god of chaos and of the moon. The fourth segment represented the hardiness of mortal beings, resilience in the face of trial and adaptability in the face of impossibility. Gomteus formed it into a baton of sturdy stone with the crenellations of a castle parapet at its head, granting all the stubborn resilience and supple flexibility of 72 past eons to a wielder, if that soul be resilient enough to channel such power without being consumed. The fifth segment represented all that could not be achieved by one, but which had been achieved by many in 72 past eons. Gomteus formed it into a baton of hardy wood with gnarled roots twisting at its base into a pommel. A worthy soul could channel the power within to nurture their own community, to sway the hearts of mortal beings to common purpose and titanic achievement. If the bearer be strong-willed enough to make an ally of the baton itself. The sixth segment represented the skill and mastery of 72 past eons. Gomteus formed it into a baton of carven ivory, whose runes adapt to train the wielder for the skill they need most. If, that is, the bearer be dexterous enough to wield the baton at all. Gomteus and Zanir had fashioned what they valued, and yet still, some few specks of 72 foregone eons remained, bright spots upon the void of limbo. Working as partners, the moon and stars collected these and fashioned the final segment. Though, truth be told, this segment fashioned itself, and the three worked as one. This final, seventh segment became a spearhead of shining mithril, a full shin in length, same as the others. It carried within the luck and chance of 72 eons, that a wielder might pluck the very loot strings of fate as she plays, if the wielder be lucky enough to carry the spearhead at all. From these seven components, the material plane of this 73rd eon was constructed, but when combined, they formed something different altogether, a rod of seven parts that brought together all the rippling undercurrents of existence itself. And when the ancients made to attack, Gomteus barred their passage and used the rod to force them out, to banish them to the outer reaches of the astral seas and the elemental chaos once and for all. In the battle, now known to we who keep such secrets as the Great Conflagration, the rod exploded. These disparate elements were not meant to be united in such a way, and God though he was, Gomteus was not strong enough to wield them more than once. The attack unleashed such power that the seven pieces flew apart. Scattered, each fell to the material plane, whereas time has passed, mortals have found and used them as they will, if they were strong enough. Uniting even two pieces of the rod requires great skill, strength, and artificery, and would grant greater power than either component could provide separately. Uniting all seven pieces would grant mastery over the material itself, if ever a being stronger than a god were capable of bringing them together at all. And as for the ancients, the tactic worked for a time. Destroyed in the Great Conflagration, it took 10,000 years, maybe more, for them to reform. Without the rod fully assembled, however, the gods had no way to prevent the ancients from entering the 73rd eon as they'd entered all those that came before. Not for lack of trying, mind you. Nine avatars were called forth by the gods. Not only the Elder Two, but the Younger Gods also. Nine avatars to find seven segments. Some were sent deep into the Underdark by Awara and Zanir, while others searched the skies at Gomteu's command and still more scoured the land at Setonia's behest. Some succeeded in finding a single segment, which they were to safeguard. Others formed great guilds of mapmakers and thrill-seekers, hoping that among their many travels and journeys, the lost segments might surface. 
Some formed trade routes, hoping that by connecting all the cultures of the world, they would come across these powerful artifacts as things of great value. And some turned aside from their journeys altogether, to their shame. And when the ancients arrived, they knew that the only way they could succeed was to divide the avatars, to break the nine into groups smaller than seven, ultimately isolating them completely so that they wouldn't have the strength to wield the rod. And as the ancients formed their own guild, this order of the broken scepter determined to keep the rod broken. Some say the order themselves keep the pieces in seven vaults in seven locations. Others say the scepters will present themselves to worthy possessors at times of greatest need. I, however, believe it most likely that they are simply lost and waiting to be found. They will likely gravitate towards concentrations of the same power they contain, so if you plan to go searching, expect great trials on your journey. Thus concludes the Sermon of the Rod of Seven Parts, a sermon of Dices, the Gomteon Sage. Wow. That's and deep. thus concludes season one of Wing Badger Tavern, where friends tell stories and the magicless world of Urada might have just a little hope left. Thanks for joining us for this season of the Winged Badger Tavern. If you want to see something real fun and special, Wash Brunello has been running kind of a one-shot for some of our most engaged viewers over at twitch.tv slash washbrunello. Check it out. Show him some love. Otherwise, we'll be back next Friday with a special episode of Tavern Talk to decompress from the season and get ready to kick things off the week after with season two. From all of us here at the Tavern, stay classy.